everybody, and welcome to another comic episode of Game My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton, and who is the Cape Crusader with me tonight? Uh, just me, Stefan JD. <laughs> yeah, we're bringing another episode, another another dual episode of Just Us. Yes. And this week, I think I'll I'll introduce what we're talking about since this was my pick. Because <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to read this story for years, and I finally forced myself to. And so I'm okay with did. that. We're going to be talking. I am about it. We're going to be talking about Batman Hush, which is a comic book from 2002. It ran for about a year. I mean, the idea with these comic episodes that we bring you about once a month is to take something that you might have heard of in passing, something that you might not be familiar with, and kind of you know, educate you about something that you might have never read or never even knew existed, and kind of you know educate you a little bit and entertain you at the same time. And obviously there will be spoilers for Batman, but again, none of this really matters because all this has been retconned and reversed and everything by then in comics. So it doesn't hurt anything. That's uh, comics. <laughs> well, because you had like two, you had two reboots since you had the new 52 and then you had the rebirth a few years ago. So none of this is all, you know, <laughs> none of this matters anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly. Because some of it's really great and some of it's not. I don't know. It's varies. I enjoyed the whole series. But I do want to say that like one reason why I did pick this is because I listen to another comic podcast all the time. And they always talk about Batman Hush. And I only know who Hush is because of Arkham City. Because he's in that game in a side quest. Yeah. I had no idea who he was before. That was actually really surprising that they included him in there. Not because I didn't like it, but just because... Out of all his rogues gallery, I was like, well, I didn't think they'd go deep diving with Hush, you know, of all of them. But I I mean, it's cool that they he's did. He's in two comic, I think, two comic story arc. He's a very, like, probably C-list character, I think, or something. Uh, I'd say he's B-list. I mean, he does, he, he he's done some shit. Like, in Hush Returns, which we won't cover, he, no, he does I, a lot of big stuff in there. So, yeah. No, we're just covering the first 12 issues of Hush. That are also in a trade paperback. They also have a have a movie, animated movie, which I've never seen. We won't be talking mm-hmm. about that too much, but it might come up. Yeah. So this is your first time reading this, right, Mike? It was yes, and it was. And I'm not a I'm not a comic fan. I haven't. I don't read comics. I've read more comics in the last since we started doing this comic special than I have in years. So I like comics. Mm-hmm. I just don't read. I like yeah. to collect them. And look at them on the and, wall. Yeah, yeah. And if anyone knows, I, obviously, I'm an avid comic collector. I have my pool box each month. It's usually a lot of Image Comics, sometimes DC, sometimes Marvel. It depends on what's going on because it's really hit and miss right now. But I'm, anyone anyone who's reading comics knows that. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, I, I don't read them, but I listen to comic podcasts. Does that count? Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I do want to <laughs> say, like, for I had no memories. Like, I had no any type of experience with this with this comic and before just about hearing it about passing and people saying talking about is one of these great batman stories so i've always had an interest in it and wanting to know more about it mm-hmm. it is it is it gets kind of dark like even in the beginning because like and when in the first issue you have him dealing with killer croc and man did they make killer croc look like a freaking monster in this first issue yeah this I'm, is nice. it, yeah and before we even get into it because th- this story is long and we do want to get through it, but we should at least talk okay. about hey, that stuff to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, two things. First, my memory of this is that I've read comic books like ever since I can remember 
until about I was like 13. I think I remember my girlfriend coming into the room and being like, I left my comic books out and she's like, ew, you read comic books? It's like, yeah, so what? <laughs> and then, and then like, uh, and then like, I just quit reading them <laughs> for like, I don't know, I want to say five years or six years until I was 18, basically. And then I fell back into them. And one of the first things I got was Hush. So this is actually my going back into comic books. Hush was one of the first things I picked up, which was probably circa 2006. So I think it had already been out a couple of years, right? Yeah, it came out 2002 to 2003 mm-hmm. by Jim. So, Lee, yeah, Jim Lee. You were, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so uh, the other pretty interesting thing is that if most people know that Jim Lee left Marvel pretty much at the peak of his fandom there, like when he was the most famous, he sold the highest selling comic ever in X-Men issue one, which I think sold six or eight million, something crazy like that. And he went and helped too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a good one. It's I we'll get into that some other day. I've but I've never read it, but uh. <laughs> uh basically he went on and helped form image, image comics with, you know, Rob Liefeld, Will Tosio, Todd McFarlane, all the big names. Rob, uh yeah. So then he created Wildstorm, which was his studio, and that thing blew up. And then over time, he eventually sold it to DC Comics. And one of the things he wanted to do was he wanted to test if he could still do monthly comics because he wasn't really drawing anymore. And the first thing that he tested himself with to see if he could still do it every month because he was getting older at that time was Batman Hush. So that this is kind of like a big deal because it was like oh my god jim lee's finally gonna draw batman because he'd done his own stuff and he'd done every character in marvel you know so i did not i didn't know until we started right before we talked about this that is this was his first dc comic because i know right now now he's exclusively a dc artist i want to say yeah he's running uh some direct thing in dc he explained it basically that he talks to the people who are creating things and the artists and like the creators he like tries to make sure they both understand what's going on i don't know i forget what his official title is okay i can't remember (laughs) (laughs) now as we dive into the comic again yeah, it's funny we start we we talk about stuff before we record and as soon as i hit record everything goes out the window and i'm just it's like, what did we say? What happened? <laughs> the same thing after we shut off recording. I'll be, I'll be editing. I'll be like, what? I said that. When did this happen? When did he say that? I know recollection, yeah. and I, I understand. I'll, I listen to other podcasts. People be like, once you stop recording, I don't remember nothing. It just goes out the window, and I'm like, yep, that's what happened. You turn it off, and you're like, your brain just shuts off. That's right, very but... much podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> it is. But what I want to say about Killer Croc is, I, I didn't really know Killer Croc much. Like the Killer Croc to me was either from Arkham Asylum, where he is a big monster. But really, the art, the Killer Croc from the Batman animated series looks like a big, overgrown Hick Hickman or something like you know some guy. I and then you look at the first issue, and he's a giant freaking monster. Yeah, I really he's. Like. <laughs> yeah, he looks amazing in this. Jim Lee did a great job with him because it, and I think they even go into like the psychology of like he's starting to feel more animal now than man, and he doesn't he kidnap a kid for ransom is what it is. Yeah, he kidnaps a kid for ransom, and then he gets the ransom money, and that's where Batman comes involved is to stop him and rescue the kid. Right. 
And all Killer Croc cares about is the money because he's trying to... They said they could reverse him so he would not go completely animal as he's going. Right, because he's uh, trying to look for a cure and Batman even, I think at one point, offers him, like, let me help you. And Croc's like, no, Batman, I'm going to crush you with a rock. You know? <laughs> I, <laughs> I've, I've never really, like, knew much about Killer Croc or cared much about Killer Croc. Other than Arkham Asylum, but, <laughs> but <laughs> it was cool. It was cool seeing him in this and seeing him really kind of be the monstrous type character that he can be. Yeah, it's always great. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just funny how like all the comic book characters have like other like animal like villains. Like Spider Man has Doctor Octopus, and Batman has like Killer Crocodile, Catwoman. Oh, okay. You know. <laughs> oh, part of that's called the 60s, except Killer Croc's way later. Yeah, so, yeah. I think he was... I mean, Croc yeah, was yeah. That. Mm-hmm. His, his first appearance is the same first appearance as Jason Todd, by the way. Killer Croc? Pretty I sure. Or very know. close to it. I know because I've seen the book. <laughs> I <laughs> think I own the book, yeah. <laughs> the other thing about Killer Croc is, like, in Suicide Squad, that was not Killer Croc. I, I was very upset when Killer Croc was a guy wearing a freaking hoodie. Oh yeah, that we don't talk about that movie. Hey, <laughs> but you're you're right. For winning movie, sir. Oh god, but you're right though. It, that was that was a yeah, that was a terrible interpretation of Killer Croc. <laughs> uh, I saw it once. I enjoyed it in theaters. I don't remember a whole lot of it. Never seen it again. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> back, so back to Hush. Um, Hush. Basically, <laughs> I, I heard her calling my name. No Hush. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, the next part of the comic is you also find out that Batman feels something is off with Killer Croc, that he kidnapped someone because he doesn't have the, he doesn't, you know, that's not normally his type of crime. And then right after he has the money, he fights Killer Croc, Catwoman comes in and steals the money, which is not that far off from Catwoman. She takes the briefcase. And I think he seems like a little off about it too. But the one thing that's very interesting is this, as he's chasing after her, he gets his battering cut, or not battering, he gets his bat rope cut by somebody. They don't the say who they just go. Yeah, I guess that's what it yeah. what do they call it. Rope. It is grapple rope. hook. Bat. Yeah. Yes. I blame the but blueberry yeah. beer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess Catwoman says something really, I forget the one line, but it's something cool. She says like, like when he's right behind her on her ass and he's, she's like, this is the only, that's the only thing you're going to catch tonight or something. And then that's, <laughs> And then that's when his bat rope or bat line gets cut, and he literally falls, what, from the top of the buildings, and he tries to stop himself on a what's it called a st- oh, like a gargoyle the, statue. Yes, but the quote is like the as he's chasing after her, like the view. It's about the only thing you're going to catch tonight. And it is yes, <laughs> he's a very sassy character. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, he tries to catch himself on a gargoyle and ends up like breaking his arm or he or something about his shoulder and then he falls Ooh. down pretty far and ends up getting really freaking almost like killed. Yeah. Like, and he's this is like Batman like caught off guard, so he's just he's literally like he's smashed against the pavement and now he's just in like a crime alley where all these bums are like, oh, look, it's Batman. Let's go take him out, you know? And they have knives, too. 
Yeah. We all got knives and they're coming like, let's go get them. Some guy's holding a freaking like club or something. I have the comic pulled up right now. <laughs> and then I guess it has like one of those cliffhanger type endings for a comic, which is actually a pretty cool image where you find out that Catwoman was bringing the money to somebody and she's bringing mm-hmm. it to Poison Ivy. Yes. And, and then in the last, in the last page, you have, you have money wrapped around in Poison Ivy's hair which actually looks really cool, by the way. And uh, Catwoman has the green eyes, which means she's being controlled by Poison Ivy. Yes. And again, Poison Ivy is one of those characters that I really didn't know much about until Arkham Asylum. That was the... Again, Arkham Asylum really was my introduction to Batman. Wow. Yeah, I I knew about her from the animated series, which I like. I was oh, I grew up oh, with. I and I then, that uh, too, but... Yeah, and then I and then I also read about her in like other comics I grew up with, like Batman Nightfall. She's in there and stuff like that. She's she's That's a cool really character. A really good movie, Batman and Robin. She's in that too. I don't remember that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I never seen it all the way. I'm okay with that. that movie is terrible. What I remember, I don't I don't recall that movie. That's weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but then it picks up into the second issue where it introduces another again this like this one thing that's really interesting about the story it just brings in so many different characters that well to me it was like you know something brand new every every issue and i thought it was really interesting to read like i i couldn't stop i couldn't put this down and then you have it you have a you have a scene where because always batman always has a team of people that work with him for a guy that's always alone and i had forgotten <laughs> like huntress ends up showing up Huntress mm-hmm. is one of those characters that never really they don't do anything with i feel like if I'm wrong, I don't know. I don't think I am. She's in an episode uh, of Arrow. <laughs> you no, know, I mean, she's she's in a lot of things. She was in um, Batman, uh, what's it called, No Man's Land. She has a big part in there. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, it's just, it's like an earthquake that destroys basically uh, Gotham City. And like everyone, it's kind of like, like Bat- Dark Knight Rises, like where the criminals take over the city and like they're secluded and like the rest of the nation doesn't know what to do, you know? That- and Batman's, Batman's there going to, yeah. I so movie, I haven't forgiven it. Still, it took my <laughs> money, and I saw it on release day, and I haven't forgiven it yet. Yeah. <sighs> so it, she's she's got some good parts, and you know, to I hate to like throw this out there too big, like too harsh, but like Jim Lee can draw like the sexiest women, and goddamn, <laughs> did he draw Huntress like so good? Oh my god. Like a very sexy version of Hawkeye in a way, without the yeah. She's a staff, and martial artist, and beats the crap out of people. Maybe she has a <laughs> she has a crossbow. But uh, crossbow, yeah. <laughs> the important part is after you have you have Huntress that rescues Batman, beats up all the bums. Um, you see somebody wrapped in bandages looking over, and what's happening? And if mm-hmm. you played Arkham City, you saw the one scene. It might mean something. I mean, I, part, I mean, I already knew what Hush looked like, but it's because of Arkham City. And that, I thought that was really cool because then you see Poison Ivy gives the money to somebody, or well, half the money, and you find out that there's somebody working with her. And that I was getting really interested. I mean, I, I already knew what the story was essentially because you know, it's an old comic from 2002. Yeah, <laughs> so. and it it does like try to have this little like detective work for Batman, like because later on, like a little bit after that, we see that. Two Face Harvey Dent has his whole face repaired, and he's wrapped in bandages. So it's trying to throw you off of who the guy is that's wrapped in bandages, which it doesn't do a really good job of, I don't think. But it's fine, like that you end up knowing who it is. It does a good. I think it does a pretty good job. 
I I mean I I was really confused. I'm like, wait a second, that's not who Hush is supposed to be. Because oh, really? yeah, yeah, I was thrown off by that's not the later, but I do like the part where after Batman is all beat up to all hell, and they just show scene that you know there's there's pictures of him just you know beat to hell, all mm-hmm. of, you know just from the fall that he took, and and then he's getting he has a doctor comes in who's supposed to be a childhood friend that never existed in the comics until this issue, but mm-hmm. Thomas <laughs> Elliot. Which I thought was funny too. Like I like how they go into his backstory and they talk about how they were friends when they were kids and how they played together. And then his parent died in a car car accident, or his father died in a car accident. And they talk a little bit about that. And this is all before Bruce Wayne's parents get killed. Right. And so Thomas Wayne tries to say save Thomas Elliot's parents, and he only can save his mom. So it's it is before they're killed, but they all know each other very well. And then when Batman needs help on surgery, Alfred tries to help him because Alfred's like he was in the British Army, I think. And uh, yeah. he's like, he's like, I, this is beyond my repair. Like, I can't do this. I can't do this with my skills. You need someone else. So he uses Thomas Elliot to help him repair Bruce Wayne back to physical health, basically. He does like Morse code to tell him to call Elliot because he can't talk. Right. <laughs> and another thing we hadn't mentioned yet is throughout these couple, throughout the issues, you have, um, you'll have a bubble, a speech bubble of Oracle talking to him. And for someone that hasn't read any Batman issues at all in this thing, I mean, I know who Oracle is because of other stuff, but I, I thought that was kind of cool. Oracle is Barbara Gordon, who's Batgirl, who ended up getting shot by Joker in a different story and is paralyzed and is also an Arkham Knight. Yeah, <laughs> in the Arkham series, but she's in a wheelchair. Yeah, so she's like she's. There's a funny part too where they're in the alleyway and she's like, "Batman's down" or whatever his code name is, like Major One down, and she's like, "Can anyone help? Is anyone in the area?" And Huntress is like, "I can do it," and she's like, "Is anyone else in the area?" <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah. That. <laughs> I read this about a, about a week ago. there are some cool like there's and then coming up there's after you have all that happen there's a fight with batman and killer croc which i thought was was pretty damn cool because he beat i mean he almost like they have a they have a thing where he's holding batman down and about to like looks like he's about to just gut him yeah he wants he says he's gonna do and then they have amanda waller and then you find out it's all it's all batman's plan is to have him re- is to have Killer Croc released to follow him where he's going to find out who's behind this because Batman has said that there's no way Killer Croc could have put this together and made this decision on himself. He doesn't think like that. Right. He's not intelligent enough. So. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, he's essentially an animal close mm-hmm. to it. I mean, yeah. all I can think of Killer Croc is running on top of rafts and trying to collect the flower, but that's a different thing. <laughs> uh, I really want to play Arkham again. Yeah. So I, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to some here sometime soon but um yeah so killer croc (laughs) (laughs) killer croc runs off they catch him and a mysterious figure like on a building over from where they catch him is watching with binoculars and there's this cool thing it's the same dude wrapped in bandages we don't know who it is yet but there's a cool thing where the lettering lit up on the building, whatever the full name is, it doesn't show it. It just shows the beginning of it. And the beginning of it says Robbins. And it's kind of hinting at what's going to happen in future oh, issues. Oh, 
I never caught that. I mean, mm-hmm. I see what you mean now. I'm looking at the issue. But also, you have, for the first time, at least in this arc, you have where Catwoman and Batman kiss. They start to kind of end up with a relationship, for like, at least for this arc. Yes. They're finally saying, like, hey, we've been chasing this. We've done this a long time. Let's just see if we can actually make it work. And I thought it was funny because, I mean, at least for a guy who didn't read comics, I thought she knew who he was. But in this, she she doesn't know he's Bruce Wayne. But he knows who she is, of course. And mm-hmm. Selena Kyle knows Bruce Wayne. Yes. I, th- I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And uh, it's like a big deal that Bruce is like, okay, I'm going to trust you with this. And he shows her like, hey, I'm Bruce Wayne. And she's like, oh, wow. All right. Now I understand that you really are going to trust me. <laughs> and you do love me in some way. <laughs> and then there's one scene uh, in God, in the fourth issue that I really like. There's a scene when they're talking about when they're kids. And it's Thomas Elliot, like the surgeon, and Bruce Wayne, and they see Green Lantern, but not the Hal Jordan Green Lantern, the one from the Silver Age, which I can't even remember his name. Mm-hmm. But, but and I, and I thought that was I always find it cool when they take characters like that and they find a way to introduce something from like the '60s and saying, "Oh, you know, it was around when they were kids," because it's even though it, you know, it wasn't, but I just it, it, that part really made me smile. I'm also a big, big Green Lantern fan, so yeah. I, I mean, their callbacks like that are pretty cool. Uh, what was his name? Alan Scott, I think that was his name. But yeah, yeah, that's uh, his name. yeah, because forgot it, that because he's one of the ones mm-hmm. you don't think about. Yeah, and the the reason why that happens, that callback, is because Bruce goes to Metropolis, where Ivy has gone, and she's giving the money to Hush, who we still don't know who it is. And this is after no. Thomas Elliot has repaired him, and they started in, in, normal again, but he's still injured. And yep. then they end up they end up fighting with. Cat- I mean, I always like Poison Ivy, and you know they have they have scenes of her strangling Catwoman and fighting her. And then at the very last image of that issue, which I actually had read this from a different story, you see Poison Ivy standing with Superman, and his yes. eyes are all green. <laughs> yes, and he's got a little like uh, Ivy leaves around him, like yeah. to show that like he's under her control. It's great. <laughs> I mean, I I had actually read this issue before because at one point when that wonder well, I was all excited for that Batman v Superman movie to come out, yeah, and before <laughs> it came out, I was excited, and I bought this comic at Barnes and Nobles that was the five best Superman Batman fights, and I'm all excited and I'm reading it, and this is one of the issues in there. It wasn't, and then the movie came out, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this issue is. I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed seeing them fight each other while he's controlled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you because know, he's being controlled by by Poison Ivy. I mean, and they just do a great job with it. And it's, it's normal Superman stuff, Batman stuff. I mean, Batman Batman has a kryptonite ring inside his belt because, of course, he does. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's and, there's a there's a line he mentions where he says, "I have to know that." At some point, underneath all of it, Clark is trying to resist it. <laughs> Like, resist mm-hmm. his, the Ivy's control over him, which it's just it's great all, hearing him say that. I don't know why. In all, in all honest, well, in all honesty, he could just kill him. And he knows it. He even yeah. says in the, in the issue, he's like, he could kill me in one thing. I'm just hoping that he restrains if we don't fight back at first, if we try to escape. And mm-hmm. it's just, it is just cool watching them fight as you're looking at this comic. And he has, and he always has the Ivy around him at all times. Yep. You know, to show that he's not normal Superman. Mm-hmm. I, and it's always cool watching Batman punch Superman in the face with a kryptonite ring. I don't know why. It's just cool. That's <laughs> actually a 
Uh, it is, and that's actually a very famous splash page that they, I forget who does it. It might be Alex Ross or somebody, but they do a reverse splash page of that where Superman's punching Batman the same exact way. It's probably Ross, because <laughs> Ross yeah. does really good. And the way that they bring Superman back to normal is Batman tells tells Catwoman that she has to grab somebody from God, the Daily Planet. Daily Planet. And yeah. she grabs Lois. And by grabbing Lois and throwing Lois off the top of the building, it's able to snap Superman out of it to go rescue Lois. Because he's not going mm-hmm. to let anything stop her. Or stop him from letting, hurting her getting hurt. Something like that. I don't know yeah. if that made any sense. No, yeah, it did. And that's... Okay. That's what happens. Yeah, and it, it literally it literally saves their ass because they're right about to bite the dust. Well, at least Batman is. And uh, I like that too. Yeah, it's pretty great because it it draws on the fact that like Superman, his love for Lois is so strong that it could overcome the poison control of Ivy, which is great. And does she know that Clark Kent is Superman at this point in the comics? You know, okay? yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure, and I don't read enough, so especially not this yeah. not this year's. Yeah, I think there's a little mention of it in the comic. I can't remember specifically what it was though, but I think yeah, she knows. But speaking of of Jim Lee drawing sexy women, he draws Poison Ivy sitting on a bed with money all all around her, and very he's very good at drawing women. <laughs> oh my god, he is! <laughs> but I, I I do love the scene. Like, how'd you find me? And then she opens the door, and it's Crypto sitting there floating, growling at her. Yeah. <laughs> if people don't know who crypto is that's up. like that's like superman's super dog <laughs> it is, well yeah yeah it's a little white dog <laughs> just with a little cape and he has a little s on his on the collar he's great i like crypto he's cute <laughs> um, also a really yeah. old character oh yeah he's been around since forever god back god in the old, like the really cartoony terrible old comics He's in those mm-hmm. from like the fifth, the sixties, I think, or fifties, something like that. The old ones that are very when the comic code was around, you couldn't be, you know, because comic because comics were making people, you know, kill people and stuff like that. Yep, the comics. Yeah, well, I mean, Superman is the first superhero comic ever, so I, he's been around since the twenties, I think. So I think he's Crypto had to have been thought up like way before the fifties. I don't know. I could be wrong, but if only we'll we see. had the ability to look up stuff. In front of our yeah. faces. <laughs> 1955. Okay. Yeah. So it it was around there. And Streaky the Supercat came out in 1960. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what the hell are you talking about? I don't know. What I'm talking. It's the orange cat they made in the, in the, in the 1960. So don't ask me. Okay. Back to more important <laughs> things. Yeah. Um, so, so this arc, next place it goes is again it introduces another. Another one of Batman's rogue gal. You have Harley Quinn that comes in. Mm-hmm. I did like her. I mean, I, I like Harley Quinn in general. I, I always enjoy it. As long as they have her and they don't have her being the whole, like, you know, completely falling for all the abusiveness of the Joker, that sometimes can get a little, like, I, I don't like it. It's like, give me mm-hmm. a little too much sometimes. When really go into it. Whereas, like, she just doesn't even understand how, how terrible he is. I think it's just her. her... She has the Stockholm syndrome, is what it is, you know. Yeah, sometimes I mean, I guess it's really when people compare themselves. Like, I want a relationship like Harley Quinn and Joker. Like, oh, oh yeah, you know. no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. <laughs> but I, I did uh, like it that they bring her in here, and then also like one of the big things with her in this issue 
is that she takes the necklace that Thomas Elliot is wearing. He's wearing this green necklace they talk about that he had gotten from his mother when his, before his mother had passed. Mm-hmm. And it means everything to him. And she takes it, which completely just pisses him off. And which I thought was cool. And right. <laughs> I mean, just everything like in this whole issue, seeing you see Catwoman and Harley Quinn fight and just Harley Quinn being Harley Quinn jumping around. People have guns and it's it just very entertaining. Yeah. And this this all takes place at an opera. So there's a lot of theatrics going on with uh, Harley Quinn, especially where she just shows off these like insane aerobics and gymnastic skills and Batwoman, Batman and Catwoman are like trying to like catch up with her but it's really hard and she leads them out into the alley where Thomas Elliot yes. chases after her for his necklace. And immediately as Batman turns the corner, well, right before then he hears a gunshot and he jumps out there and he sees the Joker standing over Thomas's Elliot's dead body who has been shot in the heart. Oh, and, and if you do collect Funko pops, there's the Funko pop of this Joker. <laughs> Oh, gosh. <laughs> of him standing on top of something and the hair all crazy like that and holding the gun. Yeah. And I'm not holding the gun, but there's a Funko Pop of Jim Lee collection. I have the Wonder Woman one from that set, but yes. Oh, nice. For those that collect Funko Pops that listen to the yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> There's someone out there Funko who does. I, I don't. Them, unfortunately. <laughs> I collect yeah, NECA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those things are not cheap. Oh, no. But, uh, he Batman sees Joker standing over Thomas Elliot's body and he immediately loses it because that's still his childhood friend. And he goes over there and literally starts beating the shit out of the Joker, which he's done plenty of times before, but this time he really wants to kill him. Like, like this, this is the one that's going to push him over the edge. Like yeah. In the scene, it, 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 in, in, when it's happening, it's, he's having flashbacks of what happened to Barbara Gordon. He's mm-hmm. having flashbacks of what happened to Jason Todd. Yep. And it is just great. And he just keeps hitting him, keeps hitting him, keeps hitting him. And, he, and it finally, it's Catwoman who has to grab him with her whip to try to restrain him. He's about to, and he's about to fight her, too. But he does hit her because he's so... You know, he is so upset about what happened and he just had enough of Joker because he, you know, one thing I was about Batman, he always asked himself, if I would have stopped him sooner, if I just would have killed him, he wouldn't have killed all these people. He wouldn't have done this. This wouldn't happen. I just would have stopped him one time. Mm-hmm. And I do love how that ends. Like he's about to kill him. And then a gunshot goes off and shoots off part of his little ears on his helmet or whatever the hell they are. The bad ears? Yeah, the bad ears. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's Jim Gordon standing behind him holding the gun, just being like, I can't let you do that. <laughs> yeah, because Jim Gordon's been there, too, where after what happened to Barbara, because Joker shot her, as we've said previously, he was in the same position where he wanted to kill the frickin' Joker, and Batman stopped him and calmed him down, and now he's reciprocating by doing the same thing and trying he's to say, even- like, look, we, we, both, we both want him dead, but you can't do it. You just can't. Because he even said, if you if you kill him, then you're then I'm you're not I'm going to stop you, which is a lot like the Dark Knight. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, and then in the very end of the of that scene, you see again the bandaged guy watching over the um, watching over what's happening, which you'd seen multiple times. And he flips a coin. I'm like, wait a second, this isn't mm-hmm. Two Face. This this is this is a different character. I'm like, what what's happening here? And again, no reason I know who it was because of. Batman Arkham City. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, funny thing I had not mentioned in Arkham Asylum, there is when you, it, there's an Easter egg in that first game when you go in one of the medical examining rooms on one of the billboards or says it says Tom. It'll say the doctors that are working there and it says Thomas Elliot. Yep, it's a oh, riddle. You knew that. Yeah, oh, it's a riddle. Oh, yeah. Okay, it's a riddle. Are you gonna platinum that game too next? Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm not yeah, a mark. So. It's it's not. <laughs> I did platinum Arkham Knight though, so that that's out of the way. That's impressive. But, uh, the game is not good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like. Arkham um, Knight. Yeah, but uh, it's it's a good game, Mike. What are you talking about? <laughs> I need to replay it. I played it once. I played it at a bad time. I get in. I don't even remember. I even beat it. I'm actually about to replay Ooh. it because it's going to be on PS Plus here soon. But... Oh yeah, that's right. That's this month. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it is Batman month, people. <laughs> um, this will be released sometime in September. So. Yes. So uh, <laughs> after this the all next... happens, yeah, the next issue, um, Batman doesn't kill the Joker. <laughs> and spoiler alert. He... Yeah, and he's later. yeah, and he's he suspects what <laughs> alternate comic where he yeah where he kills him. Oh, oh yeah, there's a lot like injustice and stuff. I'll, I'll stop cutting you off. <laughs> That's all right. We both got a lot to say about this. Uh, it's okay. So what I'm saying is he suspects that from a ballistics report that the Joker didn't do it because it doesn't match up. And that leads him to think that someone new or old is trying to get to him because the like Killer Croc acting weird and the way he was doing his things and then Poison Ivy it felt like something was off with her. So now he's starting to suspect that somebody either knows who he is or they just want to take him down and they're using his rogues gallery to do it. And this is around the time where what we said earlier, where he reveals to Catwoman that he's Bruce and Tim Drake was the third robin and this is before he becomes red robin he shows up and he just starts freaking tangling with catwoman immediately <laughs> and also you also find out that the guy you saw in the bandage that flipped the coin is two-faced in disguise as the guy in bandage which threw me completely off right it just keeps keeps doing it over and over but uh, uh there's some good stuff though like you and then also he ends up going after the riddler who's doing a crime that he felt fit the riddler that didn't feel odd or out of place like everyone else is doing something that didn't fit what they would normally do right which was and also interesting doesn't he doesn't he use like a detective mode too to see that there's like weird fingerprints going away from the yes. crime scene or something yeah something like that he throughout mm -hmm. the issues they show like what you know the detective vision from like if you play the Arkham games and they do have that a lot. Something mm -hmm. close to it because you know he's a greatest detective. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, I do like the and I do like so you get into right now we're issue nine out of this twelve issue set, and you get into a part where he ends up hijacking a plane to 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 kidnap Talia Agul, who is the president of LexCorp for some reason mm -hmm. because Luke's. Luke's because Lex became president of the United States and like a like what you're supposed to do he gave up and not controlling it while he's president. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's weird. But um uh, so he so Kali Kali Agul's in charge of it. He kidnaps her and that that was that was cool to me. Like oh, I really yeah. liked that part. He only did it for one reason which 
I mean, anyone who reads Bat, anyone who knows Batman, he did it to get the Raza Ghoul's attention. Yep. Man, I want to play Arkham. <laughs> Which immediately happens because as soon as he goes back to the Batcave, there's already a sword there, like saying, "Hey, let's meet up," because I'm gonna kill you, detective. And Captain he literally, computer. yeah, and he literally goes all the way over to probably the Alps or wherever Rachel Ghoul is, and they have a sword fight. Well, Catwoman, super freaking cool. Yeah, it's always cool to see them fight because they are so alike but so different at the same time. And he also leaves Catwoman in charge of holding on Talia Google, and she gets attacked by another character I only know because of Arkham Origins. Uh, Shiv is her name, I think. La- Lady I Shiva. Did it wrong? Uh, Shiva. Lady Shiva. Shiva. Yes. Yeah. Which is a boss in Arkham Origins. Yeah. <laughs> Again, all my like a lot of my backup for anything recent with Batman is all the Arkham games, as I've said too many times in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's okay. She's she's like very, I don't know. She's a very background character. Is Every she time a I read a character, it depends on what you read. Like, like I didn't like, even know she existed until oh, Arkham yeah. Origin. Never even heard of yeah. her before. Yeah, she's been around for a while. She was in the. She was she played a big role in the Denny O'Neill um, question series. She was like. I think she helped train him or recuperate him back to health because he like basically dies in the first issue is what everyone thinks. But she plays a big role in that. She plays a big role in Nightfall because she decides if Batman's worthy again because her she's like one of the deadliest assassins in combat and she she tests him. So she's she's kind of all around, but she generally she's just an assassin. She's like Deathstroke. I don't really know her much. I do like it where you have Talia Ghoul hits her behind with a chair because she's about to kill Catwoman. (laughs) She just takes her out. She's like, you wait, you're not killing anybody. Like, just stop. Yeah. Catwoman stands zero chance against Lady Shiva, which I, when I read that, I was like, well, of course this would happen. Why would, why would, it would never have gone any other way in any comic ever. Catwoman always would have gotten her ass kicked. Yeah. (laughs) I did like that. And then you get the, and then, and then you do get the part where, I mean, the whole point of the fight with Raza Ghoul and everything is Raza Ghoul tells him that somebody used the Lazarus Pit, yeah. which then gets his attention. And the first thing he goes to is he starts thinking about Jason Todd. I think he starts thinking about Jason Todd, right? Or they I go there. Does. So, I don't know. Because Jason no. Todd knew his villains were, knew the way he knew things about him, would have known to break the grappling, how to break the grappling hook, stuff like that. So that's where his brain goes to. And Jason Todd had died in like 10 years before this comic or more in comics. Mm-hmm. In the 80s. Or something. Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. long time. Which, funny fact about that is he, to, to, whether him, him, him to live or die was voted in a comic book or a mail in order. You had to, you had to check something and vote it. And people voted like unanimously for him to die. Yeah, I think <laughs> so, you could call it. I think you could call a hotline too. Okay, but yeah, it was like it was, funny. Yeah, it was like twenty four hundred people that decided, hey, he should die. <laughs> it was just funny to me. And then the next thing that happens, you have you have that thing you talked about where that's when Robin comes in, the third Robin, and fights with Catwoman. Catwoman leaves. Uh, Huntress ends up fighting Catwoman because you find out Huntress was affected by Scarecrow's gas. Mm-hmm. And then Scarecrow's come, Scarecrow, Scarecrow comes in on this then. 
And again, it's one of those situations where Scarecrow is not asking himself and they end up fighting in a cemetery. Yep. In a cemetery yeah. where Jason Todd is buried, but nobody knows that but Batman. Right. And also, in the last issue, I if that's when you also find out that Two um, Faces, like we said before, Two Faces Hush, he, he shows himself to Jim Gordon, shows himself off to the Joker. And then you see the bandage guy standing in the cemetery again, holding Robin. And you're like, okay, it's Two Face. Then he takes off the bandages, and it's not Two Face. It's Jason Todd, the Robin who died, you know, 10 years ago, which again threw me off for a big loop because I'm like, what? That's not how this yeah. works. That's not who. <laughs> I, was, I was very confused. Yeah, it's it's very like I remember reading this and thinking like because I grew up with that the story where Jason Todd dies it's called the death in, a, in the family and that like blew my mind back then and then now going right jumping back into comics is one of the first things I read it's like oh my god they brought him back like what's going on and you see them duke it out and the like the batman's trying to get information from him and the guy the guy jason todd is like oh you're not talking that much because you're trying to unnerve your opponent i know all your tricks blah 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 and he's saying all these things that supposedly only batman would know but the one thing that bruce realizes is that jason todd if it really was jason todd he would have at some point called him bruce and he never does. And then that's when he starts to say, like, you're not Jason Todd. And I can I can tell him for that very reason. And in the very end of that fight, you start seeing him falling apart. He starts melting like he's clay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and you find and, and I, I was very confused at this point. I was like, what? And then you find out that it's Clayface, it's not actually Jason Todd. They didn't bring him back in the comics yet um that is actually clayface that disguised himself because he was using um fighting styles from dick grayson which is the first robin and the third robin and not how he should have been fighting Mm -hmm. which i thought was also really interesting yeah which also got retcon but oh yeah the whole thing did but it's kind of cool how they because this is written by jeff Loeb. (laughs) we forgot to say that who is famous (laughs) he's He's famous for doing a lot of things. One of the most recognizable on TV would be that he wrote Heroes, the show, and uh, I don't know, a bunch of other stuff. (laughs) The first season was good. But um, so it it was kind of cool, though, because the reason I really admired this story is because he somehow found a way to get almost all of Batman's Rogue Gallery to show up. And they all play like a, a critical role in this manipulation game that's going on with Hush. And it it's just it's just all around awesome because I I love Batman's Rogues Gallery you know seeing the Joker or sorry the Kite Scarecrow Man and Quilt yeah. Man and Calendar <laughs> Man oh sorry Did I, talk about those? I like Calendar Man hey <laughs> <laughs> go get that achievement then in Arkham City where you chain you visit him on certain days like Christmas and Memorial Day and Labor Day and whatever the hell it is. I actually did do that, but only on my 360. That you could change the internal clock. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. But it's uh, it's a nice, it's a nice little thing they did. Um, yeah. So the big, the big showdown goes down, and uh, Batman goes to where uh, Thomas Elliot's parents were killed on a bridge. And he runs into this guy, Leonard, 
who is his name Leonard? I think so. It's Leonard. Yeah. It's a guy who gets shot in the next scene that you're talking about, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah. And he <laughs> basically Leonard, he was a mute and Batman took him in and he would fix the Batmobile and like upgrade his weaponry and everything. He was like a really good uh, mechanic. And the one thing Batman could never do is repair his voice. So here's Leonard and all of a sudden he speaks and Batman's like, oh my God, you can talk. And Leonard says, you know, I gave him all this information, but he kind of already knew that you were Batman. He knew all this stuff about you. And Batman says, I can forgive you because I understand that happiness, you know, being able to speak can be a hard thing to say no to, which is Thomas Elliott basically fixed his vocal cords. And then immediately, right after he says that, Leonard gets shot twice, once in the head and I think once in the chest. Mm -hmm. And we finally get the big reveal of our villain, Hush, the bandage man. Which you get <laughs> confused because you're like, Two-Face? And then that's when he, and then they're fighting and that's when you find out that Hush says he's Thomas Elliot. They're fighting back and forth. He's shooting them. And, and you find out the whole reason why he hates Batman is because he wanted his parents to die. He's the one that set up the car crash and put a bomb in the car or something because he wanted to inherit their fortune. And he had to wait years until his mother died to inherit their fortune. And he hated Batman for what his father had did by saving mm -hmm. his parent where Batman had thought he hated him because he was only able to save his mother, not his father. Right. Which I just thought was so damn cool because it just here's this childhood friend that hates him for something that he never even knew. Mm -hmm. like such a, a, you know, because the guy was evil. Yep. And he, he, he was also against Batman, too. Like, he takes him down. Yeah, yeah. They, they had, like, a good duke, like, a duel. And, like, the way Jim Lee drew it, there's especially one panel where Hush is just firing directly at Batman. And Batman's like, like flowing right down into him, ready to drop him. Like that panel right there was badass. I was like, "Good God, Jim Lee, <laughs> killing it on your first outing." <laughs> it's a good issue. And then you have um, Two Face, the other, the other looking guy wrapped in bandages. He shoots Hush, and he falls into the water, and he's dead. Like all comic book characters. Mm -hmm. And he just yeah. appears, and they make a comment about him being made out of clay again, thinking it was only Clayface. Because the guy mm -hmm. that you saw, when you saw Thomas Elliot get shot in the alley, it was never Thomas Elliot. It was actually Clayface. Right. And they, the Two-Face hints kind of at, like, the reason why he turned on him is because he's he's in control now. He's Harvey Dent, and he's no longer Two-Face is in control. And he knew about the big plan because Hush had gotten all the villains together and said, look, we're going to do this. We're finally going to take down the Batman, and Two-Face happened to be there. So he kind of knew about it, and that's how they showed up and brought Jim Gordon with them because Jim Gordon's gun, uh, I think, was the one that yep. shot Thomas Elliott. Yeah, so the, he had to be there, too, for that because Two-Face, Harvey Dent told him. And then you find out there's a couple cool scenes, I thought, and he gets back to the Batcave. Like, the reason why he thought of Thomas Elliott is because uh, the computer was telling him to think of Thomas Elliot with like sublim sublimal me sublimal messages. We just kept seeing his picture and stuff in the, in the computer, so he wouldn't even realize it. Yes, and then and you also find out there's a Herald, which I mm -hmm. thought was kind of cool. And there's a homing device inside his brain that Superman has to like burn it off. Oh that Thomas Elliot inside his brain. That's one of the coolest uh, scenes ever. I like how he's just like 
he's like, burn it. And then Clark's like, but I could. And he's like, burn it. And then you just kind of see like his hand on the armchair, like holding on really tight. Yeah. <laughs> it's just cool because there's it's inside his skull and he just burns it out of his skull. Like it, it is a cool scene. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, then, oh, yes. I, I was just going to say one of my favorite quotes comes from that scene, too, where he's talking to uh, Clark about what's going on. And he says, it's weird because sometimes even Superman can be less emotionally involved than I can. And I always, that made me pause for a second and think, yeah, he can. It's kind of crazy. They did a little role reversal. It's but, a uh, good story with, with, mm-hmm. with them. I mean, it's just a good story in general. I really liked it. Yeah. But oh, the last part is you find out who's been orchestrating because you think, okay, Hush is the one orchestrating. It was actually Hush had come to the Riddler, and the Riddler was the one orchestrating this whole thing. Because mm. I, I did not see that coming. Yeah, and he knows that Batman is Bruce Wayne. But he can't and... tell anybody, because that will mm. prove that he was the one that used the Lazarus pit, and Ra's Agul will kill him. So he can't yep. tell anyone. Yep, and he's got to keep it a secret. And, uh, which is great, because when you think about it, like, the Riddler being the mastermind behind all of this, I mean... He's kind of a genius, so it makes sense. But at the same time, it's surprising that he would go along with it because nobody knows who Hush is, you know? Yeah, it's very interesting. And then also you have where Batman thinks that maybe what they were under... Well, he makes a comment and said that they could both be under Ivy's spell, and she says, Hush. And then Mm -hmm. he gets all pissed off. And and then he ends up breaking it off with her, and then they're they're done. Which is right, because, you know, comic. Yep. But to kind of go into it a little bit further, because that's basically the end of the story, at least this story. And Hush does have a lot more graphic novels surrounded around him that are really good. And I read them right after this one. Like I read Hush Returns, which is a really good one. And that has to do with the Riddler knowing who killed Joker's wife and some story about that and then hush like makes joker leave gotham city and beats the shit out of him and there's just a there's a good long uh period where hush was a main player and now i would say he's fallen back to a b character maybe a c but for a long time he was he was the number one guy he's a very like not in a lot of things Mm -hmm. i feel like he's a very unused character yeah I would say that as well. I think that he could always be a big player, but, you know, as like, like right now what's going on in comics is they have the Court of Owls, which is a new, new game players as well. That's the new 52 you're talking about though. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, it's changed (laughs) over time. (laughs) Yeah. That's pretty good though, by the way, but I'm like, that's not recent. That's like the same year Captain America, the, uh, the first adventure came out. Oh my God. Is it really? Yes. Oh my god. Long time All right, ago. well, I'm old people. <laughs> but uh yeah, a yeah. couple of things that they did retcon is you find out that it was Ashley Jason Todd for part of that fight and then he switched out and then it was Clayface because spoiler alert, Jason Todd ends up coming back and the one that died. I mean, any that's kind of there's movies about it and all sorts of stuff, so. Yeah, so basically what it is is the uh when Infinity Crisis was going on, Superboy Prime punched a bunch of holes in like the time stream, 
and it started <laughs> setting I'm not going to explain the whole thing but like it started trying to set things right and they tried to uh bring Jason back from the dead Talia and Roz and uh or I think it was just Talia and she's trying to help Jason Todd like be normal and he's just completely wacko like he's crazy and she finally just says whatever and pushes him back into the Lazarus pit and then he finally comes back he's still crazy but he finally comes back with like a purpose and the purpose is to get back at his mentor who didn't kill the man who killed him which was Joker and that that goes all the way into the Red Hood stories which we won't get into no cuz not we not in this episode definitely yeah. not this episode yeah cuz i want to read it someday <laughs> and it might happen coming up here in this show yeah uh, it's not gonna be comic specials anymore. It's gonna be Batman specials. Like we're gonna talk about Batman again, guys. <laughs> Our new show, Batman. Batman. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's gonna ha- watch. It's gonna happen. Okay. <laughs> um, one thing I did want to say is that the, like we we kind of had touched on the drawing is very very good. Like if you, it, it's worth reading. I mean, it's hell mm-hmm. to print all the damn time. You could buy it on Amazon. I don't think it's that much. But if you like comics, even though yes, we did spoil everything, but. You still could read it. You still could enjoy it. It doesn't. It's comics. It doesn't matter if you already know what's going to happen. It's still just fun to, just to read it. I mean, plus mm-hmm. for spoiling something that came out in two thousand two and it's two thousand nineteen. I don't feel any remorse. Yeah, and and <laughs> people, people have to remember too that the art does tell half the story. So you got to check out Jim Lee's art in this. It's just superb. It's amazing. Oh, and you want? Did you watch the animated movie? There also was an animated movie for this that just came out recently. I I was scrolling through YouTube and like I saw like four videos already saying like hush Batman anime movie why and just like rage icons everywhere. <laughs> that's how you get views though. Uh well <laughs> that's true but I think after the animated movie Killing Joke how they screwed that one up I wouldn't doubt they'd screw oh, this one up. Sorry sir that movie is great even though I know it's different it's great totally yeah. <laughs> You don't want to hear my opinion on that one because you won't like it. Oh, no. Uh, okay, let me just say this. The Batgirl portion of that movie is bad. The rest uh, of it after that's nice. okay. Entertaining. Work. <laughs> We're not talking about that this episode. No. <laughs> we can get to that some other day. We will. <laughs> yes, because I really want to watch it again. <laughs> All right, I think we should go to Shelfer Box. Yes. I know, I know our first issue, we try to give us like some kind of cool name, but fuck it. We're just going back to Shutterbox because, you know, why not? It works. Yeah, it's what you guys are familiar with it. So we're just going to use that. <laughs> we can't figure out anything better. So no. I'm going to go first. This is definitely going on the shelf. Will I ever read it again? You know, I might. I, I have, you know, it was a really good Batman story. And for a guy who doesn't really read comics, I really, really enjoyed it. Like, I just. I, I I read the first couple that she took me like a, I was kind of reading kind of slow. And then I got to a point where I just couldn't stop reading. I read like the last six issues in a day. It wow. just was so it was really good. Mm-hmm. It's a really good story. I mean, he's, he, you know, and like he's a character that doesn't that his in, introduction is all, in, you know, this is introduction. And it, and it does a very good job of telling the story about Batman and making Batman more of a human than he then he's portrayed at times in the comics and video games and it really brings out his inner side. And I, I really enjoyed it. The art was great. The story kept me entertained and definitely going on the show. And I'm gonna recommend it to everybody also now. 
So, mm, nice. How about, how about you, Stefan? Yeah, it's going to go on the shelf. I mean, the whole period that I didn't read comics, I will always regret that I just, for whatever reason, just stopped. And I mean, to be honest, to be fair, I should say, a lot of comic shops did move further away from me. And at that time, I was still... I still didn't have a car or license yet. I mean, I was 13 and 14 or whatever. But when I came back into comics, and this was one of the first things I fell into, I mean, this was just like frosting on the cake. It was like, oh, my God, like, this is amazing. Like, oh, my God, Jim Lee's at DC now. Like, one of the best artists ever, you know. And and I and I even followed Jim Lee to, to this day. I mean, I watch his live streams on Twitch and everything. And he's just, he's a cool dude. So I don't know. I, I like the Hush character. I like where they took him after this even. I thought it was a great uh, addition to Batman's rogues gallery. I wish I saw more of them. And yeah, this is definitely going on the shelf. It's a great comic. Okay. So we both put it on the <laughs> shelf. I, I kind of figured that was going to happen because this was a good comic, mm-hmm. like our last comic. So. Yeah, oh, that's true. That's, that's all <laughs> but no, I think we all go through phases like that where we don't, we don't do something that we enjoyed for a while because we consider it childish. I went through a phase where I didn't really play games for like two or about, about a year to two years because my oh, girlfriend God. at the time, who ended up becoming, be turning out to be crazy, had told me, oh, childish to play games and this and that. And I listened to her like an idiot. And it, it's normal for, I feel like, for people to go through that. But if it's something you enjoy, like comics or games, as long as you're being, you know, smart with your money and you're paying your bills, taking care, like enjoy yourself. That's what life is about. I mean, right. I'm not going to say, you know, spend all the like spend your rent money on comics or games because that's just stupid. But, you know, like, we all have our hobbies. <laughs> we all have things that we enjoy. And, and that, that's the purpose of it. Like, it's not childish as long as you're not, you know, being, you know, able to find a way to able to afford it, you know, without hurting yourself or hurting other people. You're fine. That's exactly. Yeah. And, and never let your girlfriend, no matter what she says, never let her say, hey, you do this. Gross. Forget her. Break up with her. Keep doing Unless you. Unless it's something where it actually is gross, like killing people. Then then, then, oh. then it's okay for her to say it's gross, but, you know. Yeah. If you're reading comics, you're playing games now. And in the event doing... of that, turn yourself into the authorities. <laughs> <laughs> and do not eat your girlfriend. <laughs> That's not where I'm expecting to go. But hey. At the end of, if after we do Shelf or Box, who knows what's going to happen when I, get, when I try to get the plugs, you know? Yeah. yeah, well, go ahead, Mike. Just uh, plug us out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you enjoyed this episode, we are going to be, if you're still listening, we're going to try, we're, we're going to keep bringing you one comic episode a month. Keep sprinkling them in along with, same with a, a video game movie. You know, keep sprinkling them in and give a little bit, you know, different, little different stuff to maybe give you guys, give your ears. If you did like this episode, there are a couple other comic episodes to listen to. This is Superman, Freddy vs. Jason, and there's also an old Batman episode, or episode three. If you want to hear what we thought about Batman back in February. So please take a listen to that. Oh, um, our awesome <laughs> intro came courtesy of Mike Mike Stoney, aka Balby, from the Cool Kid Squad from ZP Bite the Bullet. So please follow. There'll be a link in the show notes on YouTube. And I want to thank everyone for taking a taking a chance out, listen to one another one of our bonus episodes. And everyone have a wonderful day. <laughs> I am vengeance. I am the night. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs>